podcast of sermons by Pastor Charles St. Ange, LCMS missionary in Montreal, Quebec, and the Caribbean. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. There are all sorts of reasons for which we show partiality towards people. Each and every one of us. If I had a little bit more time this morning, I could have you take out a piece of paper and draw up the list of the people that you are partial to and the people that you would rather not be around. And all the reasons why you decide who are the people that you want to spend time with and who are the people that you want to avoid. For some, it's money. The exceedingly wealthy have a hard time being with the exceedingly poor unless they feel that somehow there's a noblesse oblige and they can do something for them. And sometimes the opposite is true, that those who feel like they don't have a lot of money don't want to be with those mean, nasty, evil, rich people. They have all the money and should be giving it away. Or culture. I'm always reminded of the very first time I went to a church planting course. And a missionary in our very own church body stood up and read from Galatians chapter 3, where Paul says, in Christ there is no Greek nor Jew, slave or free, male and female, but all are one in Christ Jesus. And he paused and said, that's great in theory but it doesn't work in practice. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to gather together in your church all of the 25 to 35-year-old men who are white and like driving motorcycles. And that's how you're going to start your church. We divide up based on culture and language. They don't speak what I speak. They don't look how I look. They don't eat the kinds of foods I eat. And I just want to be with the people that sound and eat, and look like me. We have an expression for that in English. Birds of a feather flock together. And so we show partiality on the basis of culture and language. Or location, where someone's born, as if that should mean anything. And yet, we always feel like, well, if only they hadn't been born there, or if only they had been born here, I would be happy to associate with them, but they weren't. They come from somewhere else. I'm partial to people that come from my country, my province, my town, my subdivision. In fact, my very first church, Deb and I always talk about this. We had people in our congregation that greatly missed their old hometown, and they would wax poetic about how the 4th of July parade in their hometown was better than the one in their new town, and the stores were better, and the people were nicer. Now, granted, these two towns are one mile apart, but they always talked about how much they didn't like the new one and missed the old one. Not to mention, of course, the kinds of work that people do, Well, they have a good job, or they don't have a good job, or they have a white-collar job, or they have a blue-collar job, or they have a green-collar job, or they have a no-collar job. And then, of course, because it's September in Canada, political party. 
well, I can't spend any time with them. They vote for those guys. And we know they're the wrong people to vote for. I was out in Iowa a while ago talking with the mission executive for the Iowa District West. Iowa is big enough to have two districts, one in the West, one in the East. And he happens to be African-American from Louisiana. And he told me about going to visit this congregation that was in turmoil, and that tends to be when district presidents and assistants to district presidents get called in to come and bring peace. So they were waiting for this assistant to the district president to show up. And when he came in the door and he introduced himself, they said, oh, I'm glad you're here because we're just waiting for the assistant to the district president to come. And he said, well, that's me. And they said, no, no, it can't be. And then they paused and realized what they were saying and said, oh, you're black. God does not show our kind of partiality. And if there's one good reason to be here this morning giving thanks to God, the Father who sends his Son and who breathes into us his Spirit, it is precisely because that is not how God operates. Can you imagine if God looked down and said, well, I'm sorry, you're not a Jew. You're out. Which, of course, was how the Jews had come to think by the time Jesus came on the scene. We're Jewish and therefore we're special. And so when a non-Jewish woman comes to Jesus and says, can you help me with my daughter who's been possessed by a demon? His disciples are convinced that, well, of course, he's not going to help you. We're not partial to people like you. And out of Jesus' mouth come the words, I'm sure that his disciples fully expected him to say, well, it's, it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to dogs. And I can only imagine the disciples are like, that's right, Jesus, you tell her. To which she, in her great, I think, God-given wisdom, responds with those mysterious words, yes, Lord, but even the dogs are fed from the scraps on their master's table. God doesn't show the same partiality we do. In fact, God basically divides up the world into two people, just two. And it's not based on money or language, or culture, or work, or the kind of collar you wear, or what political party you vote for, or where you were born. The world is divided into Jesus and everybody else. Jesus is the Holy One, the Righteous One, the only one who does not show partiality but goes to everyone who is in need and calls all of them to repentance and all of them to put their trust in him. He is the one over whom the father can say, behold, my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I've never, never had to be angry with him. I have never been disappointed in his words or his actions. He has always done exactly what I have asked of him, unlike the other person in the world. And here I'm using person in the broad sense, right? In French, we don't talk about the human race. We talk about l'homme, the man. And that's everybody else. God looks at each and every one of us and says, no matter how hard you try, no matter how great your commitment, 
you still find yourself showing partiality, and so do I. No matter how much we don't want to, we prejudge people by how they look, what they say, where they're from. And we know we oughtn't to do that. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. Now, either James has a very high view of his love. Hey, that's not me. I am also one of those who is not partial at all, ever. Or what he's telling us is that he has come to the realization that this is not the way the world works. God doesn't divide people up into those who are perfectly impartial and those who aren't. He divides the world up into Jesus and everyone else. The one who perfectly keeps the law and the ones who do not. Period. The end. And so James says there has to be a way out of our partiality. Now, this is James. We're going to be talking a lot about James in the next few weeks. Brother, we believe, of our Lord. And one who, during Jesus' lifetime, didn't believe a word he said. Hey, there's my crazy brother going again. In fact, at one point in one of the Gospels, James, maybe even at his instigation, gets the family together with mom, the Blessed Virgin, to go and take Jesus away to the funny farm, the sanatorium, the mental health hospital, because clearly he's crazy. That's James showing partiality in his own family until he sees his brother raised from the dead. And in that moment says, we've got it all wrong. God isn't dividing up the world into the people who do really good and the people who do really bad, the people who have met the guidelines for partiality, the ones who have not, the ones who are truly righteous and the ones who are not. He divides up the world into Jesus and everyone else. And so the question then is for you and for me this morning, into which of those two groups do we fall? Are we everyone else or are we in Christ? Because see, here's the miracle. This is the miracle that the epistle of James is actually about, if you read it really closely, is that James is teaching us that you are either everyone else or you are in Christ. And then no longer does God look upon you as a mere human being, but as a member of Jesus's body. And he doesn't look at you and see one who is constantly failing and being impartial, but he looks at you as his beloved son in whom he is well-pleased. He looks at you as one who has been baptized in that font, washed clean, and incorporated now into the very son of God. And now when God looks at the world, he still sees Jesus and everyone else. But when he looks at you, he is seeing Jesus. He doesn't see your partiality. He sees Jesus' impartiality. 
He doesn't see our desire to divide everybody up into little groups and say, you're in that box and you're in that box. He sees the father's son. He sees the one who died on a cross to make us who are partial all the time into one who is impartial and who desires the salvation of the world. James is not an epistle of works. Even Luther was confused about that at the beginning. But he gave it a second read later. And when he was older, he realized that he got it wrong the first time. That James really is an epistle about faith. It's about what happens in those to whom God has shown no partiality. Whom God has not rejected because of where they were born, how much money they have, what language they speak, whether they're pretty or not, tall or not, fat or small, French-speaking, English-speaking, Spanish-speaking, Hindu, Punjabi, Thai, does not matter. God looks on us as those who are in Christ or have the potential of being in Christ should they have the good news shared with them. Partiality is built into us. That's original sin. It's a part of it. It's there clinging all the time. It's our tendency to want to judge books by their cover. When I go to Puerto Rico and I go to Ponce and hang out with our folks at Puente de Vida, I'm hanging out with people who are the salt of the earth. And I know Rosa, who is there every time I go, is homeless. She lives downtown on the street. And as we gathered on Wednesday night for chicken, had a big chicken barbecue. We are anxious to be able to do that again here where we can share food with each other and celebrate together and invite people to come and partake of that food. I'm always thinking of that in the back of my mind and thinking about all the hardships that have been placed on people like her and another man I'm going to mention who I always look at and say, there's got to be more that we can do for him. And he came running out after the car as we were about to pull away. I'm not mentioning his name because I know this gets recorded and gets on podcasts. I don't want to embarrass him. But he came running up to me, something in his hand. It was a Puerto Rico keychain. He said, I want you to remember us. And here are we, the missionaries, who think we're the ones who are bringing the gospel, who are bringing the good news. And here's this man who's trying to give us what little he has and give us gifts that we might remember him. That's Jesus. Jesus at work. Jesus in us, causing us to look at the world the way he does, without partiality. In the name of Jesus Christ. like to learn more, visit intheway.org. Thank you for listening, and God bless your week.